Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Weekend Wrap brought to you by Crowcast. Joining me, as always, is Nikki. How are you going, Nikki? Uh, very well. Pleased to hear it. And Macca, how are you doing, Mac? Always good. Very good. We'll crack right into it this week because we've got a bit to cover. And we'll, first of all, round up the weekend's results so far. And an interesting round so far, uh, I think we'll all agree. Uh, let's crack right into it, uh, apart from our Friday night game. On uh, Saturday, we had the Gold Coast and Port playing that useless game in China. Absolutely oh, ridiculous game in China. Yep. It's got to stop. That's, that's, oh. It's plain waste of money and it's shit. Absolutely, um, and Port predictably getting up uh, in front of, I, I counted 33 people, they reckon it was 10,600 or something, but I counted about five, uh, Port yeah. getting up. Apparently there were so many in those hospitality tents, which only say 500, and if there's all this networking going on, why aren't we seeing pictures of it? Yeah, and the other thing too is, you know, Port used to count tarps and when they used to count the crowd down at West Lake, so God knows what they counted. Oh, what a load of rubbish that was. Anyway, Port getting up 82 to 42. Gold Coast looking a bit shot. Uh, they've had a terrible uh, run, obviously, because of the Commonwealth Games, and I reckon they'll be hanging out for that break, and uh, hopefully for their sake they bounce back a little bit in the second half because there's a little bit there to work with this year, I think, for Stewie and get, Jew. And get a few back from injury as well. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, North Melbourne having a really good win over GWS. GWS really struggling at the moment. Uh, yes, they've got injuries, but uh, as we've mentioned before, they've also got a cast of thousands. So uh, North uh, looking pretty strong at the moment. One one two to sixty nine down there in Tasmania, um, cementing themselves in the top eight. Uh, well, I did tip that one. Um, so actually, the only one I didn't tip this week was the. Uh Eston to beat Geelong, so I had a good week yeah, tipping. But I haven't said to that one. Yeah, but having said uh, about North Melbourne, they, they're playing. I, I'm just, I'm amazed how well they're playing. Actually, they are playing, and you know, Brown of course is, is and they are doing their game plan is, um, revolves very much around uh, if they can get uh, Brown out on his own and one on one. Well, he's very very hard to beat and. Um, and uh, the uh, great big tip, of course, we got from uh, Donkey as well. Um, the old timer that used to play for for uh, Carlton. What's his bloody name? Wait. Wait. <laughs> Wait. Yeah, 30, Wait for it. He might come good. 35. I mean, he, he is playing good footy. So, he certainly um, is. They're playing out of their skins. And GWS, I think they're playing under their weight. Although, or do, Or do they not have the depth we always thought they had? I don't know. Well, questions are going to be asked soon of GWS because if they uh, if they start dropping off already after a couple of years uh, peaking uh, without any rewards, um, it's going to be a long road back without without uh, any more draft concessions for them. Um, I think the AFL would be worried, to be honest with you. I would think so. With all the gifts they've had, uh, Rendell was probably right about this particular team. It should have been uh, in the position where it could win a lot of premierships. But um, I did hear a figure that they've 
already leaked from their club to other other clubs over 20-odd players that were taken in, uh, in first rounds and second rounds. Well, they took a, a different route, didn't they, to Gold Coast? They went all youth, and uh, eventually it was going to hurt them in the salary cap as these blokes, uh, you know, got some game time and showed their class. And whereas Gold Coast tried to uh, get a balance, and that probably didn't work either. But uh, perhaps Gold Coast model might prove to be more sustainable in the longer term. I don't know. Anyway, it's probably a conversation for another time. Essendon, there's, the... there's no experience and there's no hardness in that team. No. That's right. You've mentioned it before. Nick and I agree with you. There's, they've got no ticker when the going gets tough. Anyway, <laughs> speaking of ticker, Essendon getting up over Geelong at the G, 84.50. If anyone tipped that in the chat, um, good on you, because I certainly <laughs> didn't. I don't think anyone saw that coming. Interesting. I heard a really good point um, today from the Triple M guys when they were discussing the game, and what they pointed out was whilst – um, Geelong have this great midfield, they don't have a tiger and they won't take someone. And the thing is that Merritt has struggled when you put a tag on him. He's as bad as Sloan. Um, we didn't put a tag on him and he played well. Um, when Essendon have played well, he hasn't had a tag. Exactly the same thing happened on the weekend. Yeah, well, Guthrie's been their tagger, hasn't he? And uh, he Yeah, he's not there. He's not playing, so... You're right. I might. I might understand there is that they got Scott Selwood, so he can be a tagger. Yeah, and, and he was a tagger at West Coast. Yeah, I, I don't actually yeah. think Scott Selwood's but he's not good, that good. To be honest. No. Um, and in any case, did he play? I don't even think he played. Did he? No, he didn't I play. I'm, I'm sure you don't. I'm sure he's play, No, I don't think he did. But the little point I was going to make there was the interesting thing about. Uh, I did hear them talking about that Mark Newell. Uh, one of the reasons they got rid of him was that the way the communications was going was from players, coaches, etc. Everything had to go to Mark Newell to go to Waterfield, and he wasn't necessarily passing it on. He was using his own filter, and things that they wanted to go to the coach weren't going to the coach, mm. which is why they got rid of him. Now, of course, it gets to go straight to the coach. So, um, interesting enough, and bang, out they come. Well, it's a pretty stupid structure really i mean why why does worsfold need a conduit between himself and the players i mean he's got his line coaches why the hell does he need another go between it's probably his mistake i reckon or is it something a holdover of them trying to protect the the coach after the stupidity of the drug saga no had nothing to do with that no he didn't but the they had a very convoluted uh reporting system and it seems they're kind of stuck to that a little bit um, so I wonder whether that's part of it. Look, it might be. It might be overkill on their behalf. Um, well, they said they said that while well, Neil, Neil was there, and it was the same when he was a coach, and when he was the coach, um, the, the, the players could not understand the game plan he was trying to communicate. Now, he's gone, bango. They certainly knew what they were doing on the weekend. Yeah. yeah, but even then, the coach was not happy in the press conference, if you saw it. That was hilarious. Look, I think one of the Geelong's biggest problems, and let's not dwell on this too much, but I think one of Geelong's biggest problems is they can't, they haven't got a focal point. You know, they've got um, Hawkins up there, who's very hot and cold, and he wasn't playing, obviously. Um, Menzel uh, is hot and cold, and then, you know, a string of kind of maybe almost kind of players, but... Uh, they're really lacking in the, in the goal kicking department. In my, they don't have any targets. 
Hawkins, is, Hawkins uh, was playing, but he was his typical shit. Yeah, they're not that good. Mm. Anyway, uh, Sydney Frio, Sydney one 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 to Fremantle fifty two. That was a really odd game because Fremantle had a fair amount of the ball, but they didn't seem to know what to do with it. Yeah, well, they they, they don't <laughs> they have a great deal of method, um, but they they got I think they're a team with tremendous work rate. Uh, and not a great deal of method. I felt like I watched a bit of that game, and I felt like they were holding up okay, but they just had no, again, no, um, no avenue to goal. And um, you know who they got? They got McCarthy up there. They need uh, they need someone else to stand up. And at the moment, they just they lack a focal point. They're really struggling without Pavlich up there. And um, I don't think. Uh, what's his name, McCarthy? Uh, he's not doing enough. Uh, Tabin is obviously the one that they had earmarked, and he's injured at the moment. So he was, yeah, he was a big loss for them. A huge yeah, loss. definitely, because they don't have many stocks in that regard. So um, uh, yeah, they. I, I felt like, uh, like if you have a look at the stats, Sydney's midfield didn't get huge numbers. Um, you know, Nat Five had a reasonably good game, d- despite being a little bit injured by the looks of it. Um, and Waters kept missing. So if Waters was kicking those goals, which mm. he normally does against us, mm. he's, actu- he's actually their main forward. He's their main damaging forward. Mm. But he was just – his target was off. Yeah, yeah no, but, but Hewitt tagged uh, Fife and uh, he uh, kept him very, very quiet second and third quarters and game all over then. And yeah. Fife uh, broke out a little bit in the last quarter, but no good. Well, Nat Fife, I think, was struggling. He spent a fair amount of time on the bench. Um, during that time, Macca, and uh, I don't think he's right at the moment, um, but I hope it's nothing long-term because I've got good money on him on the brown loads. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's move on. Collingwood uh, took a while to shake off St Kilda this weekend. Uh, Eddie had, but they eventually got over the line 100-72. to 72. Uh, I think that's the biggest score St Kilda have kicked all season. Uh, <laughs> no, it is. No, I'm not even joking. I think it is. I not even, not th- even a good score. I don't think they've got over 65 points or something or other, I, I read. Well, it doesn't say much for them. Let's just say I got bored of the football and switched over and watched a wedding instead. <laughs> I, I actually didn't get to see this game because somebody who I won't mention in her name's Mrs. Macker, right. um, <laughs> it was, she had the royal wedding on and that was it. Yeah, it was good. That was way more fun. Uh, I... I, there's there's a guy, a BBC commentator called Steve McCoy. I don't know whether you've heard of him, um, but he's quite sarcastic at the best of times. And the BBC, I think, played a cruel joke on him and made him cover the royal wedding despite his obvious uh, disdain for the royal wedding. Uh, and I shared his disdain. And the only thing that I saw about the whole thing was uh, little cuts of him uh, huffing and sighing on, on Twitter and little memes and whatnot. So... I managed to uh, I managed to avoid it. I, I, I do. There is one thing though. You need to check out the BBC tweet. BBC three tweet. They um, took a photo of the the long walk with all the crowds and put it up against Trump's inaugural inauguration <laughs> crown. It just went, huh? And it was funny. just like, oh, that was superb. That was a beautiful piece of shade from the BBC three <laughs> towards Trump. Anyway, let's crack on. Uh, today we had Melbourne smashing Carlton. Uh, by 109 points, 159 to 50. Um, you know, the little little uh, sneaky look no that Carlton had for a minute. No, no Kerno, yeah, exactly but, right. 
And and no, also, Kaz bowled up forward. They just have nothing up forward. Yeah. Nothing. No, no. and got belted in the midfield too. Uh, it's going to be a challenging game for the Crows next week in uh, in Alice. Anyway, yes. um, now, is this game finished? West Coast Richmond? I think it's finished. Yes, it has. Uh, uh, that was a really good game. Logged them. Yeah, I watched that. Yeah. Um, about 50 points in the end, 130 to 83 West Coast. Clear on top of the ladder now. Um, and uh, Richmond, uh, look, I don't think they'd be terribly disappointed by that Well, loss. they weren't playing. Not playing on their home ground with their home crowd as they normally do. No. The uh, interesting yeah. one, the interesting they're one. They're not for, that good either. Oh, I don't think you can say that. I don't think you can say that. But the interesting no, one for Richmond will be next week against St Kilda, who just showed a bit against Collingwood. And yeah, the they old, did actually. The old game after the Optus Stadium game has bitten a few. Uh, Victorian teams, and I just wonder whether Richmond might just uh, struggle next week. That'll be interesting to watch. And West Coast were bashing them up. They mm. were hard at them, um, and particularly at Martin. He was getting caught. He was yeah. getting holding the balls against him. Well, they tagged him, and he, he doesn't perform that well when he's being tagged either. No. Uh, there's, then, there's not many who do, though, Macko, let's be honest. No, that, well, that's actually true. Um, and the other thing, too... I, the old story about a good big man will beat a good little man is, is definitely right. And uh, West Coast have got some good big men when you look at it too. Um, yeah. uh, Darling in particular, who's a fine athlete, big man, and uh, he well, he kicked six for the personal best. Um, they've got Kennedy. They, they've got Natanui. Gee, he was really leaping high today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's and, a bonus for them, Nat, Nat Nui. Yeah, so it was a good game to watch, wasn't it, Nicky? Yeah, it was. Very yeah. good game to watch. West Coast. Plus, it's also Richmond getting smacked. Yeah, West Coast proving themselves, at least at this stage of the year, to be the real deal. I think um, I, I think with West Coast, if they might struggle if uh, they get a few injuries. I don't think their depth is huge. And you mentioned Darling, uh, Mako. He's a good player when he's on, but he, he does run a bit hot and cold. So, um it, but and he does. He needs Kennedy. He needs Kennedy as the foil. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they're ticking <laughs> over nicely at the moment. And then the second big upset for the weekend uh, is the last game Wait, of the round: Brisbane's Hawthorne. Which I tipped. I tipped it. You tipped it, Macca. I, tipped. I thought about it, and then I went, "Nah, I'll tip Hawthorne. I'll be safe." Because I've, I've been shit my tips. Well, I think Hawthorne means sort, sort of. Squeezing the, he's been, Clarks has been squeezing the best out of Hawthorne, and Brisbane Lions about up there in in particular. They've been in a winning position against some very good sides, yeah. And they've just failed in the last few minutes to capitalise on it. And I thought this is the team I think that they just might get, and they did. Yeah, and PJ Crows in the chat also tipped Brisbane, so I'm going to ban him from the chat. That's, <laughs> yeah, but he is a right. very good judge. He PJ is good. PJ judge. Crows, come on, yeah. No, he's, nah, he's so negative. <laughs> Love you, PJ. Um, for me, uh, what I actually liked, and normally I hate the stupid Channel 7 sounds of the game wank thing, but they had mic'd up, um, oh, what's his name, Merritt, who's now the runner mm. uh, for Brisbane, and it was really interesting listening to him. Oh, and I they, heard that, yes. Yeah, it was really good. And also um, Hodgie talking on the sidelines. When he came off, they actually talked to Hodgie from the sidelines, going, no, this is what we're doing. You must um, have been doing a little bit of channel flicking like I was, Nikki. Oh, no, I stuck with that one and then I flicked over afterwards. Right. 
Look, I think you're right about Brisbane, Mackie. A good indicator is always percentage, and their percentage isn't too bad, and it hasn't been too bad. Um, It's not the second worst in the comp, despite them being 17th. So it shows that they've been around the mark, as you say, and uh, it's a good good scout for them to get. And, you know, let's not forget that uh, it's Hawthorne. Now, did Brisbane beat Hawthorne last year? I can't remember that. but um, I'll have a look. Because you can't discount the Fagan Hodge factor in that win. If ever there was a, if ever there was a, a game to watch, if you want the blueprint to beat Hawthorne, you watch how Brisbane played them because that's got Fagan and Hodge written all over it. That's an excellent point you just raised there. Yeah, excellent point. Yeah. Anyway, look, let's crack on there. The scores uh, quickly. The ladder. Um, now that all games are played, we've got West Coast clear on top by game. Uh, Richmond then alone in second. Then we've got uh, four teams on 24 points. Melbourne, Adelaide, Sydney and Port. Uh, Then we've got North and Geelong in the eight on 20 points and Hawthorne and Collingwood just out of the eight on 20 points. GWS on the slide on 18 points and getting close to parity on percentage as well, GWS. Uh, Frio on 16 points with the Bulldogs. Essendon Gold Coast on 12, St Kilda on 6, and then Brisbane and Carlton both on 4, although you'd imagine that uh, those two sides are going in opposite directions at the moment. <laughs> and let's hook straight in to the Crows v Dogs game. Get ugly. Get ugly. I reckon when the players ran out onto the ground and looked at the weather, (laughs) that's exactly what they said. Damn, that's ugly. It was a shocker. Well, it was was dry beforehand. It just kind of started just before the bounce, and then it would stop in the freaking breaks, and then it would start up again, and then the end (laughs) of the game, it stopped. It was just like the most annoying weather ever. I've never experienced rain during a game like that. And the Fremantle game, which was um, – it, it was – I reckon it was actually worse than the Fremantle game. It was heavier. There was more standing water, I felt, yeah. on Friday yeah, night. I mean, we'd had a fair bit of rain, and it was interesting because – I think someone had said at Henley that hardly had any rain, and yet uh, I'm in the Mitcham area, and it bloody rained all day on Friday here. Yeah, it came from, came from down south. Yeah. Came over the hill. All morning it was coming over that hill. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I got, I, I didn't, it didn't rain in the Glenelg way either, I don't think. And it was interesting when, um, in the third quarter, I think it was, when it kind of dried up a little bit in terms of the, the rain itself, um, the game changed for, you know, 10 or 15 minutes where the ball actually stayed a little bit drier. Uh, credit to the ground that it drained so quickly. And yeah. obviously oh, I remember bit... that patch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, it was a good win by the Crows in the end. Nine goals, 9.63 to the Bulldogs. Two goals, 14.26. Um, a margin there of They 30... definitely should have had one of those goals. Seven points. Yes, definitely. That first one was a bit rich. Stinker. Absolute uh, stinker. That one. Um, but look, it, uh, as a general comment before we get into the stats, I, I just felt like, uh, given our outs and given uh, the pressure that's been on the club this week, 
Um, and given that the Bulldogs could have made life interesting for us uh, uh, with their uh, centre clearance work uh, and stoppage work uh, so far over the last month or so, uh, I, th- I thought it was an excellent effort game from Adelaide this week. Oh, it was, you know, and led by uh, the two guys that haven't played all that many games, only in the, in the 20 odds uh, in Greenwood and uh, Cameron Ellis Yolman, those two boys. Outstanding! Their their physical efforts was just outstanding. Now, what did we complain about for the Collingwood game about our selection? Well, many... we said we knew it was going to be a wet game, and we went in too tall. Yes, we didn't go in too tall this game, but who did? Bulldogs. Well, they did go in too oh, tall. Still... Very strange. I still felt it... we were one tall too many. I, I think we could have actually done without Fogarty, as you know. Um, I think we could have gone a little bit shorter. Um, well, if you know, yeah, you noticed that we used Otten in the ruck mm. because we needed to keep Jenkins a little bit more up forward. But mm. so that's why we had Fogarty. So then, then when Jenkins went off for his rest, Fogarty was our single tall forward. Not, not so forgetting we still had that when we, one. not forgetting that when we played Frio last last year in that in that wet game, we were pretty tall that week as well. And uh, yeah, that was a, that was a freak of a game that mm. one. But uh, what I will say, this is, if I suppose if you look at all the stats, and I, and I haven't really done this, but I wouldn't be surprised if there wasn't that much difference in the stats. It was just the difference within how the games were played, how the game was played. Adelaide choosing to kick at every opportunity, and the Bulldogs uh, attempting far too much handball. What the hell was he thinking, Beveridge? I, oh, no, he's, he's come, he's, in the presser, he said, no, 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 they were supposed to kick. They weren't supposed to handle. That's an absolute so you, load of rubbish. Yeah, so you've got some dumb players, if no. that's the case. Yeah, and but they did it the whole game. Exactly, Macca. So I think that's easy for him to say after the game when he's absolutely fucked up with his game plan yeah. and it hasn't worked. Yeah. Um, uh, but it was very – ours was very simple. It was kick the ball. Yeah. And we did we did actually change it up a little bit in the third quarter. Um, so whilst we were trying to do that kick and it wasn't quite working, um, Jacobs was then just thumping it way forward out of the, the ruck contest. Saw but that. Also, yeah. there, there was a little passage of play along the um, outer wing where the ball would come in and we would just do a little tap down to get that little run on. And it was really obvious that it happened like three in a row okay, this is, yeah, we've changed it up. We've figured out that sometimes those other little kicks aren't quite working with how they're setting up. We'll just do a little tap on to advantage and we always have the runner going past. Mm. Uh, I, I felt like um, uh, Be- Beveridge didn't adapt their game plan at all, Western Bulldogs. Um whether he didn't and, anticipate um, exactly how wet it was going to be, although you'd think that they'd been here, you know, long enough to see what the weather pattern's going to be, um, but it was a ridiculous brand of football that they played, and they didn't change it up at any stage during the night, as you rightly point out, Macca. And uh, no. they just spent a lot of time going nowhere with the ball. Exactly. And apparently, Eastern Wood was on um, game day this morning, and he said. They didn't, yeah. They they weren't prepared for that wet weather, and they didn't like playing in it. But I mean, uh, they should have been dude, prepared, dude. It's a winter sport. This is what happens. I mean, they play every bloody game at Etihad. That's why. But I mean, spot on. They should have been prepared for that weather. I mean, you know what the weather's going to be. You've got access to radars and all that sort of stuff. Um, 
you know... Yeah, but they the, don't train underneath the roof. They, they When they train, it must rain some nights as well. well. So, I mean, that's bullshit. I mean, if Beveridge wants to use it as an excuse for just being a bad coach, so be it. But uh, there's enough smart people around to know better than that. Let's have a look I at want- some of the head-to-heads, Macca. Um, and... Despite having 68 more disposals than us Western Bulldogs, they actually had less kicks than us by 22. Um, yep. 234 kicks to 212. Uh, we only had 96 handballs. as the lowest handball count I've seen for a long time. They had 186, double the amount of handballs, um, you know, for a yeah, total of 68 four, more four disposals. Circle that just kind of slip, slippery handball. Yep. I can't get it. Well, we're going to class it as a handball. I think if you go back and watch the tape, probably half of them aren't. Mm. Oh, um, God, yeah. And, oh, there were so many throws. but And then we would just sit on the outside and turn it over. Yeah. Yeah. They, they had no they had no plan. Um, so kick to handball ratio, us nearly two and a half, and then almost one to one. It was just stupid. Uh, as a consequence, 45 marks to 34, 45 marks in those conditions is excellent. Both yeah, teams... Both teams set new personal bests for tackles. Adelaide one one four, Western Bulldogs one one eight. Uh, hit out source did a right fifty seven to forty over Tom Boyd. Um, let's have a look. Our clearances fifty three to thirty five was a fantastic effort, and despite uh, the criticism of the Bulldogs game plan, I think that's obviously where we want uh, our clearance work. Stoppage clearances forty four to twenty nine. Um, center clearances fairly even nine to six. But uh, so many stoppages, obviously. Uh, and as you rightly pointed out earlier, Macca Greenwood and C E Y had fant- and also Bryce Gibbs, uh, particularly yeah. in the second half, had fantastic good, games. Good game by Gibbsy as well. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I sent him back to Carlton though. His kick for goal. That kick for goal. I warned him. I said unless he actually the second kick he had. And I, I get, told him, you know, you miss this, and you're going gone. back to Carlton. So, so, so he has to go back to so Carlton. So he's on a plan, on a plane, right? <laughs> uh, contested possessions, two thirteen to one ninety three shows our effort. Um, overall, one seventy three effective disposals to two twenty two uh, from the Bulldogs. Obviously, that uh, highlighting the Bulldogs' overuse. Both um, teams going at around about fifty two or Bulldogs fifty five percent disposal efficiency. Uh, contested marks pretty meaningless. Nine to seven, we took seven marks to five inside fifty. Uh, Forty-six to thirty-five rebound fifties. Um, uh, Bulldogs are recording almost twenty more one percenters. Uh, I don't know. God knows what that actually means. Um, and they had a lot more score involvements. Obviously, fifty-eight to thirty-six because uh, they're just messing around with the damn thing. But the other. Telling stat was that despite them having more of the ball, uh, we gained about 600 more metres than them over the course of the evening. So, and tackles inside 50 was uh, pretty even. That's the head to head stuff, and that's pretty obvious, I think. Yeah, so just an overarching comment regarding that yes, they had all those inside 50s and they were having their shots on goals, but they're all very wide. We, we, was, oh, yeah. it, we were very good at pushing them out wide and denying them that corridor space. So a lot of those shots on goals were not easy shots, particularly in the wet. Well, they had um, seven rush behinds. So, uh, sorry, uh, five rush behinds. So really it's two goals, nine. And as you rightly say, Nick, uh, they weren't missing easy shots that I can rem- I can't remember 
them missing any easy like you know shots like Bryce. Well, in, in those conditions, no, no shot is really no, well, except for Eddie Betts. Oh, Eddie, Eddie is a freak. <laughs> he is a freak. Good to see him back too. Look, let's go through some individual stats, um, and we'll just go on disposal count. Rory Laird had his usual high number, although less than 30. 16 kicks, 12 handballs for 28. Four marks, four Mi- tackles. Yeah, Mr. Dependable. Yeah, down a little bit on disposal efficiency, as all of us, all of them except DMAC were. Uh, 15 contested, um, gained 381 metres, uh, but importantly for our defence, 14 intercept possessions as well. Another solid game from the Gnome. Yep. Uh, Agree. Yep. Um, look, Ellis Yolman, uh, I thought, was almost our best player, certainly in our top three. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. 27 disposals, 17 and 10, uh, six tackles, six clearances, uh, two rebound 50s, 21 contested possessions, a team high, if you don't mind. Um, you know, disposal efficiency down, but who cares? Uh Stoppage clearances uh, were seven, so he was most effective around stoppage as well. He uh, bowled beautifully to, to, to you know to move other players off the ball, and so that he could get the ball. I, I just thought he uh, the conditions suited him, and I just thought he played a fantastic game and definitely in the best three. Yeah, the, look, the other pleasing thing from Ellis Yeoman, sorry Nick, just quickly on the stat is. He gained for 450 metres. Uh, his go has been the, the quick give out of the packs or the, or the pokey kick, but he was actually able to gain some good meterage for us um, as well. So that's uh, something that oh, I reckon just more games into him and it will get more effective disposals out of him in terms of that stat. I, I think the fact that you had they had Gibson around as well who was minding McRae, um, so they didn't have to – he wasn't – he was sometimes on McRae, but other times it was Gibson. But he was so influential in that first half. He didn't have a lot of stats, but just being there and watching him at the ground, his presence around those contests was immense. Mm. Yeah, it was, Nicky. I agree. Yeah. Uh, Gibson had 20 touches, 11 and 9, uh, 8 tackles, 5 clearances, um, 11 contested possessions. Um, he's a he's a running and, machine, this guy. And he just put pressure on McRae. So McRae had those thirty six possessions, twenty four handballs, most of them freaking useless, and probably half of them not even handballs because he had to get rid of it. He was going to get hammered as soon as he got the ball. Yeah, I was going to ask Phoenix whether he had McRae's efficiency rating. There. McRae is some sort of player at the moment. He's a star. He had. He had 36 disposals, 12 and 24, so he handled too much like the rest of their team. But he had 13 tackles, he had 10 clearances, 4 inside 50s, 2 rebound 50s, 25 contested possessions, when at 72% disposal efficiency. Uh, yeah, yeah, but he's, he's, he's giving that ball, so that disposal efficiency is up so high because he's giving that handball to a player that's not even a metre away from him. Uh, he was giving, I, I went back, I watched the replay, I went, okay, I want to I see this. What's he, doing? he was not damaging. He wasn't really that damaging. Well, Nicky, he's a bloody good player. He is a bloody good player, but he wasn't that good on Friday night. No, oh. but that's that's the game. Well, he was, but it's, that was their game plan, Nick. It wasn't him yeah. as an individual. You can't. He laid thirteen tackles and made yeah. ten and got ten clearances. 
um, and twenty five contested possessions. You just can't you can't knock that. I'd love him in the outside because don't forget he's being tagged as well, Nicky. Well, and he was on for nearly ninety percent of the game. Yeah, no, yeah, but I, he still wasn't that damaging. Yeah, but no, but that, as I said, <laughs> that's not on him. That's on their game plan. Yeah, I, I he, hope they played the same they play every week. So, under normal circumstances, those sorts of numbers would be fantastic. But as we pointed out, you know, um, Beveridge had them playing the same game plan, and so it wasn't effective. But he, he's a gun at the moment. You you just can't knock it. Can't I was knock super it. impressed with him. He, he, he absolutely under pre, under pressure. And um, you're right, Nicky, about the fact about the the ultimate damage. But the he as Phoenix quite rightly points out, he he doesn't run the game plan. He does what the coach tells him to do, and, and he did it despite all the massive pressure that he was under. Yep. Um, look, uh, let's keep going with us. Bryce Gibbs had 19 and 7 for 26, eight tackles, which was excellent, 10 clearances yeah. also, uh, 7 contested. Yes, a welcome return to form for Bryce, actually. Seven cont- 17 contested possessions, uh, seven stoppage clearances, three centre clearances, gained 500-odd metres. Uh, Clean hands. Yeah, just... Uh, he looked classy at times again, uh, and he looked to be running on top of the ground again a little bit. So whether he's just gone through a little bit of a, a down patch or whether he's been a little bit ill, I'm not sure. But uh, he certainly looked the goods again. I just about had him as our best, to be honest. Yeah, I had him. Well, Nick Rewalt put him as the, the best on ground, um, and I actually really rate uh, Nick Rewalt's opinion. Um, because of how influential he was. He may not have had like those major possessions like mm. McRae did, mm. but what he did with it was so much more damaging. He should have had at least three free kicks in the forward lines as well. Um, but I, I wonder if we kind of got that from him because he had to step into Matt Crouch's role because Matt's not there. So he's actually normally playing second fiddle to Matt, whereas this time he became the main man. It's actually very, a really good observation, Nikki. It is a good observation. <laughs> you surprised me, Nikki. Um, hey! <laughs> no, we've got hey, it on this show for you, a reason, you know. After, after you, you know, the, the due day call, I thought you gave me some credit, but pff, I'm, I'm, on again. I'm, no, again, this is your second lot of credit. <laughs> we've been doing this for how many years and I've only got two lots? <laughs> I'm but, sure there's another one somewhere. But look, you're right, Nick, because 17 contested possessions for Bryce, I think he's been going at single figures for the last three, four weeks. Um, so to get that output out of him, uh, I think it's indicative of the fact that Crouchy wasn't there. Um, I think you're dead set right. Agree. Uh, back in your box, Macca. Uh, Seedsman. <laughs> Seedsman, 18 oh. and 4, uh, 6 tackles, 6 inside 50, 6 clearances, uh, 14 contested. Turn it over a little bit. Only forty percent uh, efficiency, but who cares? Um, on a on a night like that, him just getting that ball and booting it to try and advantage. Yeah, you're going to get some coming back um, yeah. because it had to be a lot of them were had to be very quick kicks. Yeah. Um, just in the general direction and ah. Um, PJ Crows has said he's borderline all Australian. He's not borderline all Australian. If they actually put Wingman in properly, then he's definitely in. Yeah, I think you're both right. Uh, I think you, what you said is 100% correct, Nicky. Uh, and, but uh, unfortunately, what I think PJ is taking into account, they usually bung uh, midfielders out on the wings as well just to get more of them in. 
Well, him, Gaff and um, Isaac Smith are basically saying you can't put other midfielders in there and you cannot. Those three are having outstanding seasons on the wing. If they were genuine, he would be in it at the Mm. moment. Yeah. Now, here's an interesting one. Richie Douglas. I don't think I've ever seen um, a player get 21 possessions, all of which were kicks. 21 kicks, no handballs. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So he was following the game plan, that's for sure. Uh, five no, normally isn't, isn't that like I a backman had, who I like had, stays in the goal square and only gets the twenty one kicks because of the kick out? Dougie I was back. I didn't pick that up. That's Dougie was, was back it? playing under eights. Get it and kick it. Um, <laughs> he, he listens to the coach. Oh, there's a lad playing for um, for Westies, Mitch Mellon, that I coached uh, in primary school footy for about five years. And his old man was a classic because every time Mitch would get it, he'd go, kick it, Mitch. And that's what, obviously, Dougie was doing on uh, <laughs> on Friday night. Get it, kick it, get it, kick it, get it, kick it. Oh, I'm um, DSG has actually said Kevin Bartlett. Yeah. yeah. Well, since the days of Kevin Bartlett, he doesn't have yep. anyone. I've yeah. never seen stats like that before, I don't think. Yeah, um, that's pretty interesting. The one thing that, that I thought that Dougie did show us again, and look, and no lack of effort from Dougie and not a bad game from Dougie, but. Um, his peripheral vision is almost zero. Uh, he, um, again, spoiled uh, somebody's going about to take a chess mark and Dougie managed to dive in front of him and spoil yeah. it. Um, I just think he hasn't got good peripheral vision. No, I don't know. It, it's sort of, yeah, I don't know. Uh, look, I've, I've, I can't criticise any of our team this week because I just feel like the effort was really good and that's about all you can judge on a night like, like that. So. Right. You know, to pick up 21 touches uh, and gain, you know, 522 metres, 12 contested possessions, uh, you know, decent night from Douglas. Uh, Huey Greenwood was the other... uh, He went through a patch, Greenwood, during the game, and I I think it might have been the third... Yeah, I think it was in third quarter. Third or the last. He just went crazy at stoppage. Oh, he dominated, yeah. I think it was the third quarter, I'm not... I wouldn't bet my right have been the last. Third or the last, I can't quite remember. But oh, it, no. Yeah, no, I think it was in the last because uh, we fast-forwarded the third quarter, I yeah. think. Yeah, 15 and because 5, 11 tackles for a team high, uh, 10 clearances equal with his mate, uh, 19 contested possessions, um, nine, nine stoppage clearance, so that's a team high around stoppage. Uh, didn't gain as many metres, but i tell you what, he... What I noticed about Huey uh, more than anything was his second, third, and fourth efforts. He just does yeah. not leave the contest until he's got nothing left to give. Um, no, and some of his some of his repeat efforts around the ball in that sort of those conditions was just second to none, second to none. If you draw a graph now, of his career, if he continues on the on the path he's on at the moment, he's going to become one of the premier midfielders. Now, what was his time on ground, Phoenix? Because I heard it was about similar to Fogarty. Uh, yeah, 69. So he's one of the lowest time on ground. Yeah. But interestingly enough, you look at it against Port, those last four clearances, he went Porter then. Yep. And he's kind of doing similar here. We're, we're putting him on the last one. The other midfielders are tired, and we're putting that big body midfielder in who's fresh. Nikki, you're on fire tonight because that's another really good observation. We've 
we've done that before with Huey, where we seem to give him a bit of a, a rest through the through the middle of the game, and he comes on late. And you're right, he did he did go nuts uh, last four clearances against Port, um, and he had that. I'm going to say we got a fraud with us tonight. That's not Nicky. Well, Macaroni. Hey. <laughs> Mac, I reckon uh, you're going to have you're to start You're getting the nomination now. Yeah. Oh, I misheard that. Sorry. Um, Mac, you're going, to, you're going to have to work on your uh, on your, what you're bringing to the table, Macca, because you're getting outdone tonight. That's for sure. <laughs> but Hugh, Huey Greenwood, as you rightly point out, 25 games <laughs> and the trajectory that he's that he's running on, um, he's some sort of player. I mean, he you is need. some sort of player. Oh, he's got, and he's just keeping on improving and improving and improving, and he's and he's uh, picking up all the little nuances of a midfielder because um, this is this is not something that he's that he's uh, experienced in. He's sort of been developed into a midfielder, mm. and because um, I think I, my understanding was he, he was a forward in his younger days. But yep, um, he's you know I just think he's just picking up all the little bits and pieces about it and. At a rapid rate, and the way he uses his body and the strength he's got, um, I, I just think he's going to be an absolute beauty. Well, the the uh, capacity for him to stay in the contest after the first or second effort, um, and to to continually put his body body in the right positions uh, to be a chance, just it really stood out on 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 that night. And it's not the first time he's played like that, obviously, but it really stood out. Um, yeah, he just needs if we can get a yard of pace into him, that'd be great. Anyway, let's move on. Eddie Betts uh, kicking his two hundred and fiftieth goal for the club, uh, and it was another little left foot special from the boundary in the wet. Oh, if you don't mind, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. Never looked like missing, um, and it was. Maka, great. were you at the game? No, no, I was smart. I was watching telly. <laughs> okay. Um, because we're sitting on the opposite side of the ground, so we're in the outer. And I'm like, well, he's going for it, but those kicks, normal normal game, Eddie would make this. But this wet, mm, not so sure. The kick's gone off his boot. It is halfway towards the goal, and you can hear the roar from the members just come across the ground before it even went through. Yeah, they it was never knew. missing. It was never missing. Oh. He flushed it. Oh, it was just, but that roar coming across the ground, mm. and we were just sitting there waiting for it to go through, going shit. Mm. Um, but I was disappointed in Eddie because he didn't kick one from the pocket where he gets his um, AFL goal of the year nominations from. Oh, but he did it from a, he did it from three other pockets. Back, it's like, back come on, or four? Back yeah. To uh, they look, need all the help they can get. I, I felt like you know his stats weren't. Huge, but I felt like he was back to being dangerous, Eddie. Um, oh, he yeah. was creating havoc in the forward lines. He was always in and amongst it. And is back to making the uh, opposition defence think about where he is. And um, I think he's uh, starting to inch back into a little bit of form. Obviously, had the hammy early in the season and maybe took a little while to get back into the swing of things. But uh, it was a welcome return to form for Betts. On Friday night, I felt he looked really good. Well, that was Eddie at his I, very best. Yeah, and and what it also was is um, Huey actually said it after the game was that they had so many of their leaders out except for Lynch is the only official one um, who was 
on the field or is Talia in the group? Um, but he talked about how the other guys, they really stepped up and like particularly Eddie. Um, Talia's not in this year, Nicky. Uh, well, he, we know he still is a leader down down back. So he, he's controlling that back lines. And so Eddie, you actually had um, really contributing. For, although there was one point where he started to go for the ball, then he stopped and Baholki kind of stopped and then the ball lands in the middle and they run away. And they just kind of both pointed at each other. I thought you were going for it. And Eddie's like, no. That's so the young lad deferring to, to the uh, deferring to the senior, yeah, and- that one. And Eddie, but, and, but Eddie's such a team man that he just backed off because Bahoki had a better run at it. It's the only time Eddie hasn't flown for a mark all year, for God's sake. Um, no, look, it was a contested thing coming in. Yeah, D-Mac played well, 14 and 1 for 15, had um, uh, four marks, eight tackles, uh, three inside 50s, two clearances, seven rebound 50s, uh, went at a team a game high. I think, yeah, game high, 73% disposal efficiency, um, gained 450-odd metres. It was a really solid game from DMAC, and he continues to put his body in. He's, he's had a very good year so far, and uh, I get annoyed when I still see uh, on Big Footy some comments that, you know, he shouldn't be in the side, and uh, I just think at the moment, the way he's playing, people that make those comments don't know anything about footy. That take he took where he just ran past his man and just tacked that ball in the wet, the confidence to do that, when he's actually pretty much the last defender, it was a thing of beauty to watch happen. Yeah. I'm not saying that they haven't been in the past. There's been years when McKay's been very lucky to be in the side, but his footy this year has been very good. Yep. Yeah, no, we disagree. we lost Brown, but we put him back there um, in his stead and he was um, sort of chopping and changing a little bit. We were trying to keep him a bit more up forward, but occasionally he would go deep. Full full squad, is he still best 22? Oh, that might be a different story. But I'm going by the fact of what yeah, we Yeah, no, 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 I'm just I'm just asking, I'm posing the question, I guess. is it, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not bench. sure, actually. For me, on the bench, yes. Because you can, you've got him to play back. You've got him to play wing. Um, you can, you know, rotate through those positions if needed. Well, um, and he has gone in the midfield. He's he's a handy depth player to have. Um, to, you know, when he comes on, he's going to give you that one hundred and ten percent. Well, you got, and he, he knows his role. But full squad includes uh, Smith coming back as well. Yeah, uh, Smith Smith starts on the field. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm getting at. Um, oh, no, he, he's borderline. He's borderline. And like you say, Macca, he's earned his spot and he's making the best of it at the moment. And certainly um, we're not losing anything by having him on the side at this stage. I think he's doing his job really well and he's putting his body in as he as he usually does, D-Mac. It's one thing you can't really criticise about him. No, he, um, risks, he, he risks it. Yeah. Uh, look, Tommy Lynch, it wasn't really a game for Lynch, I suppose, although I felt that he wasn't, Working hard enough to, which is unusual for Tom, working uh, hard no, enough to at, get involved at, at the ground. At the ground, yeah, he was. In spite of those weather conditions, uh, we actually thought he had a decent game oh. but because it. No, he was he was doing a lot of stuff you you wouldn't see on the the TV. Yeah, but um, Nicky, he had a very good first quarter. I mean, he, had, he did. He only had fifteen possessions for the game. When I say only, but I think he had about seven or eight of those at least in the first quarter. So which means that he didn't touch the ball a lot after that. 
he, he was still uh, for those kind of conditions because it got worse. Um, the type of running player that he is, that um, he couldn't get away as much from like his normal play because you contrast it with how easy was it for Otten to close down and oh, Kelly to close down. Who were not quick players either. So in terms of that, taking that into account, I thought his game was fine. But I thought his game, that his influence on the game waned as it went on. That's my point. Mm. No, P, PJ points out he he opened up the 50 for us. He covered a lot of ground. He still kept running and running and was creating the space and often being a decoy. Well, yeah, you could say he opened up the 50 or you could say that he was running the wrong positions. It's probably, uh, <laughs> you know, come on, PJ. You, you glass half hey, full P- or glass P- half P- empty. PJ's actually being positive towards the crows. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to cut him down. How often does that happen? I'm trying to cut him down. Um, anyway, look, it, you know, you can't have 22 players getting 30 kicks. So, uh True. Look, today I thought was solid. In fact, all our defence was solid. I thought today Otten Tiles was good. Um, I thought Kelly was good. was very good, actually. Yep. Can I highlight who the best player for in terms of the defence was? Was actually Hardigan. I, I was going to say only if you say Hardigan. I thought it was an excellent return from Kyle. And because he's on JJ, his ability to, because he can play on those quicker players, he's got such a bigger body, they're not used to countering that. They're used to having a, a slimmer one, whereas he's quick, but he's bigger, so they can't get around him. But what that then did was it not only freed up Duday, it also freed up Otten. So we actually had two that could drop off very easily um, and, you know, create those that pressure out. But... Just watching him play, I think it was halfway through the second quarter, we all just kind of turned to each other and going, yeah, this is showing that we've really missed Hardigan. Yeah, he played a very good game and I've got no lobotomy comments about him this week either. I thought he was very good. Uh, look, I think your lobotomy comments are misguided, Macca, on Kyle. I think he's a, I think he's an underestimated defender and I think he's versatile. He can play tall or small and, yes, he, he's not... You know, he's he reminds me a lot of Benny Rutten, except he's more agile. You you don't you get what you get from Hardigan, and I yeah. don't expect you can expect. I don't think you can expect a um, an outlet player from him, but he will shut a guy down. And I, I thought, you know, credit where it's due. Um, I felt like he made our defence look more solid, but I felt overall our defence um, played particularly well in terms of their positioning all night. Um, they didn't get caught napping too much. Uh, they were able to cover when the ball went over the back pretty well. Um, and by and large, the Bulldogs didn't really have a fold line. No one really no, threatened. Well, my comments about Harding are really made... Uh, I think he's a, a great player when he plays on instinct. When he, when he really stuffs up is when he thinks that he thinks I'll do something clever. Mm. And uh, and that's when he, like, when he does that short little uh, cross pass back to the middle and kicks it to the opposition instead. Yeah. Um, and that, they're the ones that get me. And they're, that's, they're the ones I refer to as your lobotomy ones. Yeah. But, but when he plays on natural instinct, he's a very good player. Yeah. Uh, and I'll also say that little passage of play where Laird did the rundown on Johannesson to mm. pressure the kick and then the way Kelly used his body and his smarts yeah, it was good, to stop that certain goal. Yeah. Mm. Right? Kelly is not he's not a fashionable defender. He's this is what you get from him. You get a hundred and ten percent effort yeah. and he yeah. refuses to get beaten. 
Yeah, massive effort player. Yeah. Yep. Um, look, uh, Rory Atkins had an interesting night. I didn't feel like the condition suited him at all, and I felt he did like, tackles. Yeah, but that's probably because people fell into his arms. Um, <laughs> he jumped into his jumped no, into he actually no. To be 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 fair on him, Fiend, he actually yeah, he had to do tackles, and he and he actually did some hard body work. Yeah, three, um, three tackles. And we noticed that last week Superman. as well. Three tackles. Very quiet is, Clark Kent. Look, uh, the the knock it's I had on up, the knock I had on Atkins is that I, I don't feel like he read the play or uh, in the conditions very well. I, I felt like he was out of position quite often. Um, but you know, again, you can't have everyone pulling in fifteen, twenty touches. So it wasn't really an outside runners' night. But I felt like Rory could have gotten himself a little bit more involved. Um, particularly, uh, he was on for most of the game. Josh Jenkins, I think, you know, I mean, did what he could do. He's a big boy. The ball's on the ground. I felt he contested when he needed to. Nine uh, tackles. Nine tackles, exactly right. Contributed to our uh, our forward line pressure. Um, so I thought it was a solid game from Josh, despite the low numbers. He's turned the corner on, with, you know, the criticism early in the season when he wasn't working hard enough. And uh, obviously the club's spoken to him about it as well. And, you know, credit where it's due, he's turned the corner in that respect. No, I think it's actually more that he's had a bit of a word back to the club about um, letting him play deeper um, instead of having to do the run-up in the back. Um, He actually had a meeting with Pikey and he said, no, 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 let me work out of the goal square and I will give you results. Um, This is what I've heard prior to the Richmond game. Right. Okay. And that's what he did. He said, well, trust me. He said to Pikey, trust me. Trust me working out of the goal square and I'll get you results and right. look at that Richmond game. Do you serve the muffins down there, Nick? No. <laughs> but they're very nice muffins. Yeah, let's not talk about that. We still haven't done the write-up. Um, I know. <laughs> um, look, I think the biggest difference, despite the... the the positioning. I think the biggest dif- difference in Josh this year has just been his effort. It hasn't always looked uh, absolutely coordinated. Absolutely. It hasn't always looked natural, but it's been there, and that's really all you want from your big fella. And uh, I think that's ask. fine. All we can ask. Uh, it's, I've really appreciated his physicality yeah. that he's been showing. He's exactly. been, you know, and he's inviting that, and he's dishing it out. Well, that's what Phoenix and I have been asking for. Yep, and, you know, credit where it's due, Mac, it's, uh he's, he's bringing it to the table, so that's what you want. And um, several weeks in a row now. Yeah, well, most of the season, to be perfectly honest. So, mm-hmm. you know. Hey, um, Gallucci, I wasn't a big fan of Jordan, um, but I see something in him. He's clean, isn't he? And he's quick and he's tough. Uh, don't well, mind the look of like he didn't get a huge amount of the ball, but I just you know with young kids you just see something sometimes, and I just a couple of times he's straight lining the ball and his ability to take contact, and his uh, his his hands are good. Uh, I was impressed. You stole my line. I was going to say man. exactly what you, line for line and word for word what you just said that hardly you know he didn't get a lot of touches, but gee, the, there was something about him the way he did it that, that really caught your eye and you. You thought that kid can play, and you know he's got he's got a good acceleration. He's uh, not frightened to go in. Um, he's not a bad user of the ball. His brain his brain works pretty quickly, and he's probably being played slightly prematurely at this stage. But that's the way you learn. 
Um, and I, you know, I think he, he'll be a player of the future. I'm going to actually compare him to Paholgi. To Paholgi, who got um, uh, 50% more possessions, he got 12. I thought probably it was Paholgi's best game at this level. And oh. um, whether it was suited because of the fact that it was wet, therefore it's played at a slower tempo because he isn't the fastest of players. And I think that's probably... He he's not because he's certainly not frightened that boy. He, he's not you know he's got a strong body and he's not frightened to get amongst it. And I thought he played a pretty good game for Hulking. I haven't really understood the knocking of um, Miles. I, you know, I mean, he made a couple of blues. It's only his third game, um, and in previous weeks, uh, you know, he, he's been in and out. But again, he's another lad that he's tough around the contest. He's really good overhead for his size, Miles Baholki. He's watching. Uh, and you know that because how often, even when he's on players that are bigger than him, at his teammates kick to him. They trust him to take that mark. Yeah, I noticed that too, Nicky. Vardy Magic in the chat represents. Like I have a lot of respect for Vardy Magic. He's been with us probably longer than anyone. But uh, I've got to say, Vardy, I don't see what you're seeing with regards to your comment of Bahulky not maybe having what it takes. I think he's got it in spades, to be honest with you. I really um, do. No, Vardy Badge just said his issue is that he looks too small. Oh. So it's, it's just purely so. But that's the way he, he also runs. He's, he kind of hunches over and he has a little bobblehead movement, which is hilarious. He's 186 um, centimetres. He's yeah, not he's, short. No, he's not short and he's a really solid body. He's not quick like Jordan is. Jordan's got a lot more speed to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's tough he's and he got doesn't, some, yes. doesn't get knocked out of the way. No, no he's he's going to be your inside mid, and Gooch yeah. is going to be your outside. Yeah, yes, no, I agree with that. Some, God, Nikki, you are on fire. Nah, she's going well tonight. She almost gets the best on. Um, <laughs> almost, al- almost. Uh, Lockie Murphy was reasonably quiet, but his his old man was entertaining after the game, so that probably makes. Uh, Makes him get another week. <laughs> um, old man, funny. Yeah. Um, a chief, I think he was called. Um, Darcy Fogarty uh, wasn't in the game all that much, but by Christ. <laughs> he causes chaos. <laughs> bloody don't no, argue bloody that he did. That was Murphy. fantastic. Lucky Murphy. On, we've moved on already, Nick. No, no, no. I'm, he right, actually, Fogarty was going to get a really good mark and Murphy just comes barreling in from the side and hurts himself yeah. and then gives Fogarty a... Blood noise. Yeah. Well, Fogarty, I reckon, tweaked his knee in the first, I reckon, in a contest. No, he got a kick. He got a kick on it. Yeah. Um, You can actually see it's in the second quarter. Yeah. Yeah, northern end. They came in. Yep. They No, southern end. No, he did it before then, Nick. Oh, yeah, first quarter. He got a kick on the knee, Mm. um, and you can see him get up, and they do a shot from behind the goal, and he does a limp Mm. forward. Yeah, yeah. Um, So he's out there for a bit. Then he went off and they just strapped it up mm. um, and he just came came back on and was like, right, you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you lot. Yeah. And you only have to listen to the commentary when Wayne Carey's commentating Darcy and I, I'm sure Duck reckons he's looking in a mirror. Uh, he plays yeah. so much like Carey. Um, can't wait Carey to loves see him. Yeah, can't wait to see what he brings long-term, Darcy. Uh, I just hope we don't burn him. Too much. Uh, and source down the bottom, didn't get a lot of it, but 54 hitouts, and I felt like his hitouts were fairly effective simply because it was a night that suited him. He didn't have to jump. Um, 
and, and he can't, but he but he dominated. Well, though. I mean, that's that's what it boils down to. He didn't have to jump. I mean, he bugger all around the ground. Only took one mark for the night. Got five kicks, uh, but fifty four hand uh, hit outs, and we won the stoppage clearances fairly comfortably. So, I felt like his tap work was a little bit better, though, Macca. Uh, I don't know whether it was just coincidence or. Or no, what have was, you? But I felt like he was hitting it to our advantage a little bit more than he has been over the last month or so. Yeah, I thought he had a, he had a good game in terms of being a ruckman. But um, you're right about the field play; it was almost almost non-existent. Yeah, field there. Play. I mean, it, luckily Tom Boyd didn't do much around the ground either, so uh, it was a no. nil, nil or draw around the ground. I think Boyd and uh, Sauce, but that's all right. Look, I mean, you yeah. know, it was a very dour game overall, um, but it was entertaining. I, because of the weather and uh, with the with the interest, obviously on the crows, given our massive injury list, what is it? Nine out of our current twenty-two um, well, not playing. Well, if- you know, you can always you can almost argue that the conditions suited us in the sense that uh, if you haven't got your best team out there, but you but you've got twenty-two players that will give a maximum effort, then yeah, the conditions are probably tailor-made to suit you to go as well as you can, mm. and. It, it just worries me a little bit. If we go up to Alice Springs and we've got a uh, hard, dry ground um, and we're playing Melbourne, who are, are a bit on fire at the moment, I would, it makes me wonder how we're going to go. Yeah, look, it's a danger game next week against Melbourne, I think. Uh, obviously a massive win today against Carlton um, and their midfield is pretty strong. Um, but again, you know, we have, we have ways of kicking goals that a lot of other teams don't and uh, Melbourne... Uh, only have one or two outlets and and a workmanlike defence. But I think if if Greenwood and Ellis Yeoman uh, and Gibbs can continue their work rate, um, I don't think I don't think Greenwood or or Cameron are going to get brushed off the ball too easily. So um, Melbourne well, midfield certainly won't have it all their own way. Well, the thing that when we do play Melbourne is that. Um, I, I think all week we should be learning to set up against a, a winning ruck of, of the opposition because yeah. Ma- Max Gorn is dominating the rucks at the moment. Yeah, yeah. we well, just need Fog to come in and give him a massive corky in a in a forward line <laughs> ruck contest. <laughs> and no, I, I think you need to take away his um, teenage chick flicks because he likes to watch them the morning of the game. Just you know, Max make Gorn. sure he doesn't have access. Yeah, he watches some um, teenage chick flicks Where before a game. Apparently, crap? where do you get this crap from? It was in an article today that he wrote before the thing. He's a bit different. Yep. Teenage chick flick. Yep, he likes them. Like Freaky Friday and something else. I don't know. Oh, Anyway, without further ado, let's get on to our (laughs) awards. Uh, Jet of the Week, first of all. Oh, see, I reckon there's four. There is. kind of put in here. You've got Siege of You're going to actually wait for the bloody music? Sorry. Sometimes. Anyway, go on, Nikki. What were you saying? Sorry. We haven't had music for a while. We're used to not having music. And I don't like pauses in the podcast. Oh. Thanks, Mrs. (laughs) Pritchett. That's it. You were going to get best on. You were going to get an honorary Jet of the Week award, but you get stuff now. (laughs) Sorry. It's because of your training of telling us don't allow there to be pauses, etc. Yeah, it's my fault. (laughs) It's yes, your fault now. Yep. It's always my fault. <laughs> totally. The funny thing um, is, when this podcast finishes, it's always my fault too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 
Anyway, keep no, going. Um, yeah, because I think you've, you've got Gibbs, you've got Seisman, um, and you've got Kamel's Yolman and Greenwood. Mm. And you've got Eddie Yeah, well, you've got to pick one. Yeah, that's, that takes it to five. So who are you going to pick? Oh. I don't like pauses in the podcast. No, well, uh, <laughs> I'll just keep going. I'm, 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 I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll go for Gibbs. I'll go yeah, for I'll, Gibbs in this uh, one. Nikki, I'll go along with you. Yeah, that's three for Gibbs. Uh, very close call, but I think for four quarters of solid footy, I think Gibbsy gets it. Um, now, I'm about to play some music, Nikki, for our breakout award. One moment, please. <laughs> Foo Fighters there. Now, this is obviously the people that are eligible here. Camilla Yeoman, Huey Greenwood, um, Tommy Duday, Miles Paholke, and Jordan Gallucci, and Lockie Murphy, and Darcy Fogarty, about a third of the team. Yeah. <laughs> Which is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'll give it to Keen. Yeah, we, we've had... Yeah, we've had um, Greenwood for others, and I think it's it's line ball between the pair of them. But yeah. um, just just the way that Alice Yolman was standing up in that first half for me. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. Greenwood could have got it, but he's had it before, so we'll give it to and my is Cam. Well, I'm giving it to Cameron Greenwood because I can't split them. Uh, it could have <laughs> been Hugh Ellis Yolman. Um, but it's going to be Cameron Greenwood. Uh, I, I can't split them. They were both well, awesome. Not- not unhappy about that at all. Yeah. Um, and uh, see if we can pick someone out for this award this week. I'm not sure about the Wake Up Award this week, but I'll be interested to hear your thoughts. Luke Beveridge? One moment, please. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit quiet this one. Obviously, Rory Atkins is probably probably the standout candidate. Uh, nine possessions, uh, three a tackles. Monty. An absolute Monty for it. Anyone else if you'd you like to nominate? Give it, if you have to give it. Oh, the trainer. The trainer did a hammy. Oh, well, I got a... Caught out of position. Oh, my God. Um, they uh, said today <laughs> he claims he hasn't done a hammy. It was cramped. Uh, he's, he's not he's the got, fittest bloke out he's there. Got hamstring awareness. You can't tell us otherwise. <laughs> what I'd really like the club to do, and I've actually emailed uh, the club about this, I really, for shits and giggles, want to see them include the trainer on our ins and outs injury <laughs> list this week, just to take a bit of the take a bit of the piss because uh, we need a bit of a laugh. Well, he's oh, Pikey did it in the aftermath. Go watch his aftermatch. It's hilarious because he talks about injuries. Oh, uh, no, we've got one. It's a trainer. It's hamstring wear. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, you know, the way we cover up injuries, I, I reckon he's done his hamstring and they don't want to have another hammy on the list so they call it a cramp. Well, we'll have to keep an eye and see if he makes the trip up to the TIO. Um, so Rory for mine, I'd look, um, not a night for him, but uh, I don't think he handled it very well. Um, something for him to he did, work nah, on. He did. Thankfully, we don't get two of those, too many of those. Nikki, guess what I've yes. got for you? Hey! <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
Notice how my cock had a had my womble had a cock in it. <laughs> That's because you've mixed something. Whereas <laughs> I had to do, I was doing low tech, yeah. which meant we uh, only had the womble song. I, I mixed a womble and a cock. <laughs> Whatever. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> um. So we kind of have to go with uh, the most punchable face in football just to keep Peter happy, Luke Beveridge, because that's stupid, um, whatever he did on Friday night. From just, start yeah, to finish. Finish. Yeah, it was piss poor. Like no, his, was, pre-game, his pre-game, he didn't look, no, it didn't look like he knew what was going on. No, he looked like he was on something, you know. And seriously, um, I better be careful about that. He'll sue me or something. But yeah. um, No, you didn't, uh, Luke. You looked very intelligent. But... Um, <laughs> Put this way, he was very vague both before and afterwards. He didn't seem to know what had hit the hit him. And, uh, I was surprised, actually. I thought he was a better speaker than that. Yeah. Um, um, go on. Um, so PJ's nominated Kane Corns for his comment regarding Charlie Dixon. That Apparently he's um, struggling because he keeps getting the best defenders. Oh, sorry. Now, now Kane Corns must get it because... Um, in the uh, no, you just wake Macca up. Yep. Yeah. No. Triple M um, had they in their broadcast of the game. Uh, Kane sat there with a Port Adelaide cap on at the the. Uh, he interviewed games. Andrew Fagan with a Port Adelaide cap on before the game yeah. for SCN. Yeah, and he wore it deliberately, and uh, I just think that is just absolutely shows the taste that that man. Oh, Macca, come on, he's and, taking the piss. Yeah, but he's got no class at all. No class at all. Yeah. Uh, well, that that's a bit of a given. Yeah, I reckon uh, the umpire that bloody paid that sliding in rule deserves a bit of a shout-out for Cockwumble. Yeah, that was going to be the, the next nomination. I, I think Dunstall is right that technically under the rule um, it might get the tick of approval that it was okay under that stupid rule. Oh, Nikki, they're running in the same direction. For I know, time. I know it is, but it's the way the rule's written, Macca. I'll tell you the thing it, that bothers me about it, though, it, and it's the same with every rule in the in the in the game at the moment. And players have got to start to own this because they're contributing to it. He actually made that happen. The Bulldogs player, yes, he, he did. made that happen. Web. Correct. Um, and it's just the same as diving for a push in the back or, you know, a, a free in a marking contest or a hold or whatever. He dead set staged that. He could have avoided Talia. He could have jumped over him. He could have ran to the side of him. He got beaten to the ball and he basically did what the soccer players do when they're, when they're, um, when they're trying to get past the player and, and a foot gets stuck out. Whether it makes contact or not, they just dive and that's exactly what he did. He just ran straight yeah. into Talia. He dropped the knees and his mm. arms immediately went out looking at the umpire going, yep. oh, I did him. Yep. But to be fair, uh, later on, Richard Douglas did exactly the same thing. Mm. He instigated the contact and he got a free, and I don't think that one should have been either because he That's... instigated the contact. You, I, I think you're correct, but I think this one was more blatant. The, the problem is, is that this rule was brought in to protect the players. And if the players are going to start to exploit rules that are brought in specifically to protect them, then they've only got themselves to blame. And, you know, I think at times the players need to take responsibility for how they play the game. Um, and it's all right for highlighting a free kick that, 
you know, if you get held, you know, and you pull back a little bit more just to make sure the umpire's seen it, that's one thing. But to to actually contribute to free kicks, uh, you know, exploiting rules that are there to, to stop you from getting a broken leg, well, I don't think you're doing yourself any favours and I don't think the players are doing themselves any favours if they're going to start doing that. Yeah, it's spot, it's spot on. I um, it's Once again, it's the AFL trying to stop these injuries. Which is fair enough. Yeah, which is fair enough, but they never, ever think of the consequences of their rule changes. And then they have to keep changing them and keep changing them because they didn't sit down and logically think ahead, which everybody does. As soon as it comes out, we all go, yeah, but what happens if this happens? That's that's not going to work. Yeah, but, you um, know, Nick, they can't cover every consequence, and this is what no, I mean. No, they can't. That, that situation, that free kick wouldn't have been paid if Webb didn't decide to stage for a free. And that's no, what I mean. The, the players need to take that responsibility, I think. Yes, and if anybody had Fox still and watched the halftime, if um, you're watching the replays or whatever, go back, watch them discuss it, and the disgust from Paul Ruse towards Webb for doing that, yeah, it just kind of tells you that if he was one of his players, I don't think we would see Webb playing for a while. Mm. Anyway. Um, but that's it. That's it. No, this one. got to be one more. All right. China. <laughs> oh, yeah, China. Yeah. Wasn't that the... Apparently, there was 10,000 people there. there really? Wasn't. Where? There really wasn't. So who's nope. fault? Who, who makes that number? Is it Gil? Uh, Gil was the one I think gave the number out. Uh, what I'd like to know is financially, how much is this going to cost and who's paying for it? Well, we paid for it, didn't we? South Australian government? Yeah, apparently. Yeah, taxpayers normally. Well, I hate to see money go in that direction. It's a waste of bloody time. Well, will we see Gold Coast go up there again? I don't think we will. I think they might send no. the Melbourne Club no, up but- next year. Well, they're going to have to pay them a lot of money to do so because mm. which of those Melbourne clubs is actually going to want to do it? What are we actually trying to achieve with this China thing again? I know it's a port junket to try and network and all the rest of it, and they've got two-fifths of five-eighths of bugger all at the moment out of it. Um, I think my vote... Often the vote... Grow, grow the game in China well, when, they haven't got the, when they haven't got the ovals to play it on because that oval is, is it actually a soccer pitch with the athletic uh, run-arounds... Uh, Around it, so it doesn't normally have uh, it's not normally co- uh, completely covered in grass. They haven't got the ovals there to play it on, anyhow. Yeah, the, the, on, the only other cock wobble I'd say is, is Channel 7 with Roving Brian. I mean, oh, he's atrocious. Have you ever seen more a more lowbrow bloody 10 minutes of wasted time? <laughs> and you know, I know it's a tough gig to walk really? around a bloody uh, change rooms after a game. Try to talk to players and people that don't want to talk to you, but it's just—it's just so amateur hour. It's not funny. Roving moron. Oh, look, <laughs> and you know, I, I don't mind a bit of BT at times, but and he's trying to—he's trying to polish a turd with that one. I understand, but <laughs> seriously, can we just move on? <laughs> yeah, I must have. <laughs> I, I just quite like Eddie looking for his kids. Eddie, <laughs> that was the funny bit. He was just like, "Where are my kids?" Yeah. Yeah, he was he was more you had to go find his children. That was mm. slightly more important than talking to Brian. Anyway, we no, better no. wind it up, guys. Sorry, Macker, I've cut you off there. Who are we gonna give it to? Yeah, Who do you want to give started. it to? Uh, oh, you start off a beverage, give it to him. 
Alright. <laughs> yeah, we'll give it to him. Right, I don't like that. Better give him I went a bit I went a bit early with the with the closing thing. Yeah, good on you. Thanks, Luke. All right, that is it for us. Uh, thanks very much to the people on the chat. And nice to see American Crow amongst it there tonight. Uh, don't forget, you can listen to us on uh, iTunes uh, and leave us a review if you like. Uh, also, you can catch us on uh, our what am I talking about? Our website aflcrowcast.com, uh, Facebook and Twitter at aflcrowcast. We will be back on Tuesday night for Tuesday Night Live. Until then, Maka and Nikki, thank you so much. Nikki, you win tonight. You're an absolute <laughs> legend. But don't be a flash in the pan. Got to bring it every week. I try. Night all. Good night. Night. All.